Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn and how we teach and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 113, How to Deal with College Presentations When Anxiety Creeps Up. You're looking at your syllabus. You've put your tests and your paper due dates on your calendar and in your planner, hint, hint. And then you see the dreaded word presentation. You have to get up in front, either in person or online, in front of your peers and your professor and talk. Cue the dreadful memories from elementary school and junior high about giving book reports and stumbling over words and losing your place. How can you possibly be expected to present? All right. First, Denor and I are going to talk about the fears people have about public speaking. And yes, this includes in-class presentations. That is public speaking. Then we're going to talk about some ways to deal with those fears so they no longer look as scary. And we'll include some links in the show notes about the research that we've done in these issues as well. Here are some common fears students and other speakers have before they get up to do a speech or presentation. The first big fear is the audience is laughing at me or wants me to fail. Rarely, if ever, is this a real thing. Think about the last time you were in an audience. Were you hoping the speaker would fail? Probably not, right? And if they stumbled or stammered, you felt bad for them, right? So why would it be any different when you're the speaker and they're in the audience? Most of the time, you can count on the audience being on your side. They want to hear what you have to say. If you're worried about what classmates will think, try and make some friends in class. Study groups are a really good way to do this. That way, you'll have people in your corner and know that you're not the only person in class who's nervous about their presentations. Having that common experience can act as an equalizer of sorts. There's no need to panic when you know other people are worried about presenting as well. The second fear that people often mention is, I'm going to look stupid. Okay, why? Dig down into what that means to you. What does looking stupid mean? Is it forgetting what you were going to say? Is it stammering or stumbling over what you're saying? Nailing down what you're scared of? can actually help you address it before you get up in front of the audience because you can practice to deal with that problem and make sure you have it handled. And yes, you can practice for, say, stammering or stuttering by having a ready response for if you know I stammer or stutter occasionally. I mean, look at President Joe Biden. He had a stuttering problem. And now you can see when he pauses for a moment, he's dealing with the fact that he may not be able to get that word out, so he's picking a different word that works. You can do that too. It doesn't make the person look stupid. It actually makes them look thoughtful. I'll make mistakes. It may feel like mistakes are the worst thing in the world, but they're not. Almost nobody will remember your mistakes but you. Prepare a way to deal with a stammer, a missed line in your presentation, or a moment of blanking out. You might say, excuse me for a stammer, or one moment while you scan your notes. It happens. Nobody is going to think less of you for small mistakes. They won't ruin your presentation. Another fear, 
and granted, it's a valid one, is I can't deal with the tech. You know, what if the tech fails? Well, if you have to give a certain kind of technological presentation, like a PowerPoint, or you're presenting on Zoom, practice it several times before you give the presentation using the technology. And also, create a backup plan. So if the tech fails, you can still move forward. Maybe reach out to your professor and say, so I have to do this Zoom presentation. What happens if the internet goes down? Can I send you a recording of it? So that if I can't speak live, you can play a video of me doing the presentation. See if that will work. Okay. Have a backup plan. General negative thoughts. If you're having negative thoughts, it's anxiety talking. And as we went over in episode 57, your brain and anxiety are liars operating on faulty information and giving you false alarms. The negative thought is false. So rewrite the thought. If you think I'm going to blow it. Replace that with, I've rehearsed this presentation, and I know what I'm talking about. I also have a plan for if I stammer or lose my place. Many times, negative thoughts will slink away if you demand evidence for them. I'm going to fail. Challenge it. Oh, yeah? Where's the evidence for it? Your anxiety will probably not be able to come up with evidence. Another way to help with anxiety is to do improv comedy or acting. Getting in front of people, whether for reading or acting, it helps give you the practice of being in front of an audience. So by the time your presentation comes around, your classmates, they're just another audience that you're in front of. It's no different than when you're performing or doing an improv scene. Also, knowing the improv rule, yes and, goes a long way here. If someone asks you a question, you can answer it, that's the yes, and then go on to other related things, and that's the and. Too often our gut reaction is no but, and that closes down communication. So use yes and instead. It'll make your work a lot more interesting, both for you and for your classmates. We've talked a bit about how to handle some of these fears, but now let's also talk about some other issues that aren't precisely fears, but still need to be handled before you step up to the class podium to present your work. First, what are your expectations? Set realistic ones. If your expectation is, I will do this with no errors and get 100%, you're setting yourself up to fail. Instead, set up an expectation like, I'd love to get a 95% on this, but I'll be happy with an 83%. If I have a couple of slip ups, that's normal. Everyone has that. Second, choose a topic that interests you if you're allowed to choose your topic. It makes it more likely you'll enjoy talking about it and that passion gets conveyed when you talk, whether you realize it or not. Finally, try to view your presentation not as something I have to be perfect at, but it's a chance to talk to other people about something you studied or researched. If a friend or relative asked you what you're going over, let's pretend it's a research project, what are the highlights you'd tell them? You'd probably say, this is what your topic is, this is why you think it's interesting. You'd talk about what stood out to you when you did your research. Notice the lack of emphasis on methods or on what other people did. And if you focus on the parts that you did, you're going to know them better than anyone in the room. And if it's a group project, you and your group members were up close and personal with the data more than anyone listening. And that means you get to show off your expertise. Your presentation is just a chance to get to talk about what you found out with other people and see what they think of it. Most jobs you'll have will require you to be able to communicate both written and verbally. And a presentation is a way, not the only way, to practice and develop these communication skills. You can practice making a PowerPoint presentation. We recommend not 
writing your entire script on screen and then reading it. We've been at way too many conference presentations when that happened and that led to people being bored and tuning out. Instead, put the highlights on the screen and a few key words or keep a few cues near you to know what you want to talk about. And about that thing about putting the whole thing on the screen, I remember one time that was actually worse than that. I had, there was a guy at a, I think it was the California Sociological Association conference. And he thought presenting a paper meant reading his paper to the people. So he came with a 15 page paper and stood there and read his paper in a monotone to everybody. And we were all bored to tears, couldn't follow what he was talking about. He had no visuals, nothing. And he wasn't telling us about it. He was literally reading the paper. And it was just awful. So don't do that either. Okay. Don't. I think I can tie you because yeah. I was at a criminology conference years ago and I was at a talk where the speaker had his back turned to the audience, either looked directly at his paper or at the screen overhead with his pointer and started reading off numbers one by one, started reading the paper word for word. I left and I rarely leave a talk midway through. Right. But if you're just going to read and not explain, here's what is interesting, here's what we should be getting out of this. Mm -hmm. If you can't convince me that there are highlights in your paper, why am I going to look for highlights for you? Yeah, and the fellow that I was looking at, it was very obvious that he was brand new. He had never done this before, and no one had given him any feedback on how to do it. And I walked up to him and I said, what was your research question? He said, well, that wasn't important. And I said, that should have been your leading thing, dude. Did anybody tell you about like putting a PowerPoint together? He's all, no, I think PowerPoints are crutches for weak-minded people. And I said, well... I can't understand what you're talking about, and I really don't care. And if you had at least given me some visuals, he's all, oh, so you're weak-minded? I'm all, no, I have a PhD. And he looked shocked because in his head, using any kind of visual apparently was weak. And so, folks, when you're doing a presentation, the visual gives them something else to look at, too. That way they're not just staring at you. They can be looking at the picture or the, the main points on your screen. So that brings us to another thing. When you're putting your presentation together, think about the audience. And instead of being obsessed with, they're looking at me, or they think I'm stupid, or they're judging me, or what if I fail in front of them, remind yourself that what you're doing here is helping your audience learn something new. And right before you step up to the podium, remind yourself, this is not about me. This is about helping the class learn something they didn't know before. Then focus on helping the class understand what you're talking about. By doing this, making eye contact becomes easier because now you're not worrying about being judged. You're thinking about how to make sure that guy on the left side who's looking confused will understand what you're talking about. By putting your focus outward instead of inward, you actually take a lot of pressure off yourself, which makes presenting way less scary and way more doable. Now, we admit, presentations may never be fun. But by using these steps and tricks, you can reduce the stress you feel and make it something you can at least get through without all the problems that you're afraid of. And remember also, anxiety is a liar. Those feelings you're feeling are false alarms. Our experiences with this, as a teacher, the nerves never go away. I still get nervous the first few weeks of classes, and I'm sure it affects how I lecture. Maybe I talk a little bit quicker than I planned to. But two parts help me deal with this anxiety. One is a mental reframing of presenting in front of other people, and the other is having experience. In addition to classroom presentations, 
I present my research at different conferences, the regional, national, and now international. And that experience helps me when I teach because I'm used to having to speak on a topic quickly and clearly and to have to adapt to questions. When I first started as a TA, I remember I had sections at 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. And I was up till about three because I was so afraid of not knowing the answer to questions. It was anxiety and I'm sure it affected how effectively I taught. I don't think I was very good at that because I didn't have a lot of experience to rely on. But going to conferences, having more classes, that gave me some experience at least being up in front of students, being up in front of uh, other people, learning how to handle questions, learning how to talk. I also mentioned a mental reframing. I've had to learn to reframe the audience as people I'm having a conversation with. I'm not worried about giving the perfect lecture or reading a script word for word because I don't feel the need to be perfect. I feel the need to be effective. So what that means is I get to focus on stuff that I think is really cool or interesting. And hopefully that comes off to my audience. And when my audience gets into the work that I'm talking about, that helps me be way calmer than if I'm worried about saying the right line word for word. Well, into my second year of grad school, I had a number of the fears that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. And then an older graduate student who was, I think, in their fourth year in the program sat me down and said, look, this is your research. Nobody in the audience knows about it as much as you do. You know what you're talking about. They don't. They're there to learn from you. So treat them like they're your students. It was the best public speaking advice I ever got. And I wish I'd gotten it earlier in my educational career because it gave me the confidence to realize I know that I know my stuff. And I realize the audience knows I know my stuff too. And they want to know what I know. And my job is to present it so they will know it when I'm done. Remember, whenever you're doing a presentation, you're the expert here. Even your teacher doesn't know everything you're going to say. When your teacher comes up to you and said, I never knew that, that's something to strive for. And as for that tech will fail me issue, <laughs> for the first ever conference that I was at as an undergrad, I printed out 20 sets of my slides and I brought those with me. And it was a good thing I did because the room I was in didn't have a computer and it didn't have a projector and it didn't have a screen. And there were about 35 people there waiting to learn from me. So I used my own computer and I handed out my, my printouts and gave them every two people, you know, every, every second person got one and you looked along with somebody else. And I used my own computer and they followed along on the printouts. No harm, no foul. And as it turns out, no big deal because I came prepared. The way teachers can use this information help students learn how to present without fear. Give them the tips we've talked about in this episode and give them time during class to work on and practice their presentations so the newness and anxiety wear off a little bit. Talk about your own experiences with being anxious with public speaking and tell them they won't be judged or graded for not being perfect. That's really important. I've had some students say that finding out that I was scared to present at first, that I get anxious when I'm standing up in front of a brand new class of students. That helped them because it normalized that feeling. It made it, oh, everybody has this, not I'm the only one who's ever felt this. 
So that's what we have for you in episode 113. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. And also, we would really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to join us next week for episode 114, when we'll talk about stress management for working students. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learningmadeeasier. We look forward to seeing you next week.